Well, welcome to the National Youth Ministries podcast. We pray that you're having an awesome day and thank you for tuning into this message which was spoken by our youth president, Reverend Greg Wilmot, at our MYM Live 2021. He talks about the theme of this year, which is a rise, and I know that this is going to bless you tremendously. Thank you for tuning in today and may God bless you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Bible reads, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, to the children of Israel. Amen. Well, as you know, as teenagers and young adults here, there are many reasons why progressing through adolescence and teenage years are among the most challenging years of a person's life. Teenagers and high school students are a generation, a group of people that are going through masses of change at one time. Not the least the hormonal changes, which I'm sure your parents are acutely aware of. How many have parents that always say that to you? I know I did when I was 13. My mother used to say, what happened to my my boy? but also a shift in dependency. Everyone say dependency. Dependency. Learning to work a job. How many here has started their first job in the last two years? Yeah, anyone? No? Last five years? Who started their first job? Yeah, a few more hands. Having to listen to a boss for the first time. I think we've all come across a few challenging ones. Having to pay bills for the very first time. How many hate having to pay bills, yeah? How many here have never had to pay a bill? Be honest, because I just want to come and shake your hand and say, Lachlan put his hand up, Lachlan's been looked after. (laughs) Some even have to pay board. How many here have to pay board to live at home? Yeah, well, I had to pay board when I lived at home. I had friends that lived in beautiful mansions and that, and they didn't pay a dime. And yet I was asked that, like, literally when I got my first job at Amart All Sports at the age of 13, my mother said, congratulations, here's my bank account. And there it started, and it didn't stop until I left. But getting older isn't always fun, and these transitional years aren't always fun. It's a time of life when those who take their studies seriously, and I hope that most people here, if not all, take their studies seriously, for the first time, learn the stresses and the pressures of assignments and examinations. Not a nice feeling. This is something that teenagers go through. It's also an age where you may, for the first time, start to notice people of the opposite sex. And listen, it's natural, it's true, we're just going to come out and say it. And I just want to say that if you do, we've got to do it God's way. God's way will protect your future and bless your future relationship. But you are going through masses of transition in your teenage and adolescent years of life. Can someone say amen if they feel that way? But anybody that says that being an apostolic teenager or an apostolic young person in 2021 is a walk in the park is just not telling you the truth. It's not true. Same applies to those who are a few few years down the road, a few years further on. 
You might be in your early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s, a little bit, little bit older, and you're also learning some tough lessons, you young adults. You are learning how to balance work and study. How many here have found it difficult to find that perfect balancing act between work and study? Not easy to do that when you've got to earn a few dollars to, to pay your bills, but you've got to also have your head in your textbook. It's not very easy. That is something that young adults need to learn and need to balance. You are learning how to be a good steward of your finances, and you ought to be a good steward of your finances. And Brother Downs mentioned this to me when I was in my 20s, that if you can be, learn to be a good steward of your finance from a young ages, you are able to be involved in the work of God, involved in the, in the missions work. God can bless you when you learn to be a good steward of your finances. And this is an age where we are learning to be a good steward of our finances. It's um, Dave Ramsey who says that if you can learn to live like nobody else with your finances when you're young, you can learn to live and give like nobody else when you're older. And that's something that God has called us to do. You're learning how to have healthy apostolic relationships, how to hold the tension and balance of secular work and God-given ministry and faithfulness to the house of God, spousal relationships, budgeting, planning for your future. These are years that are not easy. And if you're in your early 20s, I want to encourage you to take on the challenge of these, of these tensions, of these transitional things that you need to do because God has called us to transition and to grow and mature in the things of God. But, but I'll be lying if I said, to you that your early 20s and your mid 20s and your late 20s are easy years. They are not easy years. They are challenging years, praise God. And I want to say this, that regardless as to if you're a teenager at high school or whether you are a young adult in your 20-somethings, even a young third in your early 30s like myself, we are not just doing it like everybody else. We are doing it in a world that is sinful, in a world that is lost, in a world that is marching to the beat of a different drum, in a world that is going in this direction when you're going this direction. Amen. We are doing all of these things and we are transitioning in responsibility and we are learning to be independent in a world that doesn't share your values, in a world that doesn't share your beliefs, in a world that doesn't agree with what you agree with. And that is not easy. That's why it's not easy being a young apostolic person of God in 2021. Now, why do I say that it's not easy? Because no transition is ever easy. Say transition. transition. And that's where you are. Every single person in this house here tonight, you are in transition. You're in transition. Transitioning from a girl to a, to a lady. Transitioning from a boy to a man. Transitioning from having bills being paid for you, Brother Lachlan, to uh, you having to pay your own bills. How many love it when you get a bill and you say, here, Dad, can you take care of this? I loved that doesn't happen anymore. Transition from decisions being made for you to the, 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 to the decisions being on you to make. 
You are transitioning from a place of dependence to a place of independence. And this is not always easy, but it's always necessary. It would be nice if my mum and dad still took care of my bills. It would be nice if my mum came in at 3 a.m. and gave me a warm bottle like she did when I was three years old. It would be nice to, to pass on responsibilities to my parents, but it would be weird. Why? Because I have had to engage in a season of transition where I transition away from the things I used to do into a, a set of responsibilities that I have now. This is called transition and transition is healthy and transition is something that you're doing and transition is something that you are doing and transition is something that you're doing looking through that camera right now is a very good chance that your life right now is a season of transition. But the thing about transition is transition is healthy. Paul said, I fed you with milk and not with solid, for until now you were not able to receive it. My son still drinks bottles. and My wife and I are trying to wean him off bottles because he, he loves a bottle and I don't want to get to the point where he can't fall asleep without a bottle, but he's three years old. If my son gets to 33 years old, which is my age, and is still drinking a bottle, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. Why am I concerned? Because there needs to be some sort of transition from where he is right now at the age of three to where he will be at the age of 33. We are all in transition. And I want to tell you right now, whether you're here or looking through the screen, the decisions that you make in these transitional, these critical transitional years of your life are absolutely critical and will determine whether you are part of a healthy transitional season or a destructive transitional season. If we do it God's way, Pastor Downs, and if we follow God's biblical ways, and if we do it the way that His Word teaches, then I'm here to tell you that these transitions years will bear much fruit. These transitional years will provide a great platform and foundation for your future. These transitional years will set you up for success and happiness and fulfillment. Can someone say praise the Lord? But if we make poor decisions in transition, if we go the wrong direction in transition, we are setting ourselves up for heartbreak and we are setting ourselves up for failure. We are setting ourselves up for destruction. The definition of transition is a process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. And our text tonight, it speaks of this type of change and Brother Chris Dunstan articulated it so powerfully, uh, a well-known portion of text where the, the, the nation of Israel is in a powerful uh, a season of transition. Moses who had died and he, and he said it earlier, God was speaking to a deflated Joshua, an overwhelmed Joshua, a Joshua who felt a little bit overawed by the season of transition in which he was about to enter. And with morale at a low point in his life, God chose to use the word arise. Everyone say arise. A word designed to pick up the spirits of Joshua, reminding him that there was still work to be done, a vision to fulfil and a nation that he had to lead. 
Moses was told to arise at a time of confusion, at a time of loss, at a time of discouragement. God knew that Joshua needed that word at that moment in time because transitions are never easy. Seasons of transition are never easy. Periods of change are never easy. And if God saw it fit to use the word arise to pick up the spirits of Joshua in his season of transition, I see it fit right now to tell you, young apostolic person of God, here in and looking through that screen that you can arise. I want to encourage you right now that in your season of transition, you can arise. You don't have to fear for the future. You don't have to worry about your tomorrows. God has your future under control. Amen. Just like He promised and assured Joshua that everything's going to be okay. I believe the Lord wants to remind you, young apostolic people of God, in transitional seasons of your life, that everything's going to be okay. He has set aside your future. He has prepared a future for you and if you would walk by faith you will arrive at the destination that God has already set aside for you. This is one of the difficulties with transition that we have questions and I'm somebody I have questions. I'm not the sort of person that finds it easy just to just to, to just to walk through life and have no direction. I hate feeling like I'm just walking aimlessly through life. I'm the sort of person that always has questions. You uh, just get to know me for a little while. You probably realize that I need to know. If I need to know, I'm going to call you. I'm going to message you. I'm going to bulldoze you to you give me that answer. And I'm working on it, I promise and I apologize if uh, if I've if I've steamrolled you in 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 times go by I'm working on that but I am somebody that has questions and we all have questions we have questions about our future we have questions about our destination that's just how we are designed as young people we have questions about what will tomorrow look like what does my future look like will I have a good job has anyone ever ever had that question lord Will I have a good job in the future? Anyone ever asked that question? I used to ask that question all the time. I used to ask that question when I was at university and I did not have a clue what was going to happen with my qualification. I say, Lord, am I wasting my years here or do you have something for my future? We ask questions, Lord, will I find a good wife or a good husband? Lord, will I find any wife or any husband in my life? We struggle with not knowing what lies down the road, but I'm here to tell you that our God truly has everything already set aside. And you don't have to worry about your future. You don't need to be anxious or fearful for your tomorrow because our tomorrows are already under control, that Jesus Christ has already set aside your future. He has prepared a place for you. He has prepared a job for you. He's prepared a spouse for you. He's prepared a destination already. For you, can someone say, thank you, Jesus? It's nice to know that our God sees the end from the beginning and He has a destination for you already mapped out. We struggle with not knowing what lies down the road, but that's what I'm here to tell you right now. You've got no need to fear because God has your future already set aside. You see, it's not our job to know how. It's our job to have faith. It's not our job to know how God's going to perform it or how your future's going to look. It's our job to exercise faith. 
It's not our job to dictate to God, well, Lord, next year I want this and the year after that I want that. The year after that I want that. No, it's your job to take a step of faith every single day and take another step of faith and another step of faith. And before you know it, you are walking, as Brother Chris said, down the path that God has already set aside and prepared for you. And I feel like there are some people in the house here, you have serious questions about what the future is going to look like. I'm here to tell you, if you would just take a step of faith every single day and follow the call of God and follow the voice of God, you will absolutely arrive at the destination that God has set aside and has prepared for you. Praise God. It's not our job to know exactly how it's going to happen. It's not our job to dictate terms to God. It's our job to say, not my will, but thy will, praise God, be done. That's our job is to know how to have faith and to know how to trust in Jesus Christ. This is how we arise. We arise when we let God be God. And we focus on being people of faith. We arise when we let God be God and focus on us being people of faith. I could stand here right now. Matter of fact, I will stand here right now. And my wife here is my witness I tell you of seasons of my life where I was so stressed and anxious about my future that I literally could not sleep. My wife's probably just shaking her head right now if she's anywhere in this building. There were times when I was at university and it might have been the night before an examination. I'd go to bed at 10 p.m. and I would not fall asleep until sunrise. There were times I was so wired, so stressed, so anxious that I would wake up and make my way into university to sit in examination and I had literally not fallen asleep. How many students here can relate to extreme pressure like that which affects you physiologically? <laughs> this would happen, it happened regularly. And I would start these patterns and it was, it was honestly, it might sound like nothing to you, but it was traumatic for me when I had these important examinations and I would turn up there without, without even having fallen asleep and it would get in my head. Sometimes I'd go two and three and four nights and I might get one or two hours and I'd get myself worked up into such a state that I would eventually just collapse out of fatigue and I was so anxious and so worried for my future and I would drive into my examination and I would be uh, have a cafe into my eyeballs so I wouldn't drive off the road and I would turn up to that examination. You know what happened? The examination went fine and God had my back. And every single time that I had doubt, every single time that I had fear and anxiety, when I was there in the moment, my God had my back and I would get through the exam and the Lord would allow me to achieve good results. And I would say, Lord, I'm sorry for my lack of faith. And I, and I would look back and I would see the hand of God on my life. And I want to tell you right now, you may have a lack of faith and you may be fearful for your future, I promise you will look back in five or ten years and you will see the hand of God on your life. You will see where God gave you strength. You will see God's favour. You will see God's blessings. You will see what God did for you even when you had no faith in yourself or faith in Him. You know, the longer you are a Christian, the more faith you ought to have. 
Why is that? Well, people that walk through the door for the first time got blind faith. They got high levels of blind faith. They, they're not that uh, embedded in the Word of God, but they're so high, of, uh, full of faith because the, it's a new environment. It's a new feeling. But you here that have been living for God for a while, you should have really high faith. Why? Because you got more evidence of the faithfulness and the goodness of God who, who intervened in your life. You have examples one after the other, testimonies one after the other of times that God came through for you and He delivered for you. The longer you spend in the house of God, the more evidence you have for the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the majesty of God and the authority of God and the power of God in your life. Praise God, He never lets us down. Happened at university. It happened when I applied for jobs. It happened this week, matter of fact. Uh, my wife and I are selling our home and I'm, looking, I'm not gonna lie to you. There were some nights this week when I didn't sleep particularly well. I don't learn my lessons very well. God comes through, yet I still have fear and doubt. And then God comes through, and yet I still have fear and doubt. And I am working to a point where I can have faith in God before the fact, when I can have faith in God for my tomorrow. And I believe God wants you as apostolic young people to learn. You may not know what your tomorrows look like, but your Saviour knows what your tomorrows look like. You may not know what next week looks like, but I serve a God who sees the end from the beginning, who knows exactly what next week, next year, next decade looks like in your life. And we are called to have faith for tomorrow, to have faith through this season of transition. A few weeks ago, Brother Morton Jones in our department, we sent out a series of polls on our social media uh, platforms, the Instagram stories, and, and uh, I'm not a tech guy, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, those polls, you probably saw them there. We asked the young people of Australia, what are the issues that you think need to be addressed? What, are, what is the sort of ministry that you think is important right now for young people in Australia? We, we allowed people to anonymously respond to what their battles were. We even allowed people to write little blurbs about what they're going through, what they're battling with. And we wanted to use that data to, to help shape the type of ministry that we would put out to the young people of this country. And as I saw the results and the report of those polls, my heart was burdened. I felt, I felt sad, I felt down because almost every second person, if not every other person said, I need help with anxiety and depression. I need help because I don't. I am fearful for my tomorrow. I don't know who my spouse is going to be. I, I've got anxiety. I'm on medication. Is it okay to see counselors? All this sort of stuff. All the mental health related questions. It was dominant. And Brother Morton Jones, be my witness, that almost every single person that responded said, "We need ministry for anxiety and depression and uncertainty and fear of our future." It was sad for me to read the results of these polls, to see the amount of anxiety and depression and fear and uncertainty that many of our young people struggle with. And I have 
had these battles and, and I related to the feedback and I shared the, my, my personal testimony with you and I, as I read those young people typing down those personal examples, I was seeing myself as a 16-year-old, as a 17-year-old, as a 22-year-old and even as a 33-year-old as somebody that sometimes also wrestles with a lack of faith and, and, and doubt in what God was doing me. But, but I'm here to tell you tonight and I believe I'm speaking with the Holy Ghost right now that it's not the will of God for young apostolic people to live every single day full of fear and anxiety and depression. It's not the will of God for you to have fear gripping your every day, so scared for your tomorrow. It's not the will of God for you to feel that way. Let your words be, Lord, I don't know what my future might be, but I know you see my future. I know you hold my tomorrows. I know you have the answer already. I can't see the answer, but I know you have the answer. And if we can live like that, I promise the moment you put your head down on that pillow, you will fall asleep because you know that tomorrow when you wake up, God has already taken care of that day. His Word says, and my God will supply every need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He says, His Word says, and without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Hebrews 11.6. His Word says in Psalm 81, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. He says in Psalm 84, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. His Word says in Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. The answer to your problem is not for your problem to disappear. The answer for your problem is knowing that we serve a God who takes care of your tomorrow. He may not remove your problem, but He takes care of your tomorrow. That is the answer to our problem. A God who wants to see you succeed. A God who wants to see you prosper. A God who wants to apply favour and blessing to your future. That's who we serve tonight. Can you thank the Lord? Give him a hand clap of praise here if you believe that we serve a God who will never fail you. If you're a young person who wrestles with fears of tomorrow and you battle with anxious thoughts, depressive thoughts, I want to tell you that you can arise. I want to tell you that you will arise out of it. And it won't necessarily be because God removed that situation. No, it will be because that situation changed something in your spirit and changed something in your faith where you had the ability to worship God through your circumstance and worship God through your storm and worship God through your battle. That's what victory is. That's what overcoming is. That's what arising is. You see these powerful men of God, these powerful women of God that come and stand at this pulpit and they look so powerful and they look so holy. They look so put together. I want to tell you something. They got problems in their personal life as well. They got situations going on in their life as well. But they've come to a point of maturity where they can say, my life might not be perfect. My life might not be put together, but I'm going to come through the house of God and I'm going to lift my hands and worship. And I want to encourage 
So I want to inspire you right now. Your life may not be perfect. There may be things that you want for, but while God's working on that, you ought to come to the house of God and worship Him. You ought to come to the house of God and serve Him. You ought to come to the house of God and be faithful while you are in transition. That is coming to maturity. Not waiting for everything to be perfect because if that's what you're waiting for, you will be waiting forever. Because God will not remove some forms of difficulty. Why? He wants us and needs us to change. And if life just worked out absolutely perfect all of the time, guess what? There's no need for change, but God will allow a little thorn in the flesh. Why? Because it causes change in you. It causes growth in you. All of a sudden, you're not the same person anymore. You wake up the next day more mature, the next day stronger, the next day more more full of faith. That's why God allows you to go through difficulty, but it's the will of God for you to kick those double doors open every Sunday right in the middle of your storm, right in the middle of your battle, you rub, the, the, rub it in the devil's face every time you do that because Satan thinks your circumstance will rip you out of the house of God. But let it be of this group of young people that every difficult day, every problem, every circumstance drives you to the house of God, drives you to this altar, drives you to worship God with fervency. So I, that's why the devil has a headache with, ki- with young people, with any apostolic, that the, the more difficulty and problem that surrounds them, the harder they pray, the harder they worship. Ne- never let your difficult days drive you from the presence of God. Let it drive you to the presence of God. Because then the, the more stuff the devil heaps on you, all of a sudden, the more on fire for God I am, the more spirit-filled I am, the more mature I am in God when your battles drive you to the house of God. And so as I'm coming to a close, I swore I thought this was going to be a 15-minute sermon. It's turned into 28. I'll be done very, very soon. I'm believing that 2021 will see the birth of young people rising up out of their situations. And I don't mean that your situation will necessarily change or go. I mean the situation may be there, but you will rise up because you'll be a people of faith that believe God for your future and believe God has the answer to your needs. Arising is not when life is perfect. Arising is worshipping God when things are not perfect. Not waiting for the perfect job. Not waiting to finish the degree. Not waiting for the perfect wife or husband. Not waiting for everything to work out. Rising up is when you have the ability to still love the Lord and still worship the Lord and still be faithful to the Lord even when you don't know what your tomorrows are. Matthew says, but seek ye first, as Sister Rachel, if you could please come, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. Young people, I've got three more minutes. If I could just have your attention, if you can just focus on that right now. Seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. If you're focusing on the things and not the kingdom, even if the things come, you won't feel any joy from the things. If you're focusing on the blessings, the material things, the prestige, comforts, but not focusing on the kingdom, 
Even if you get those material things that your flesh wants, you won't even be able to enjoy them. There still won't be peace. I'm connected to colleagues in my workplace that make more than $500,000 a year, north of $500,000 a year. I've never seen more depressed people. I've never seen more uh, people with destruction. I've never seen more divorces. I've never seen more addictions. I've never seen more lonely days. I've seen people that are so wealthy and appear so successful. I've seen them in their lowest points. I've seen them when they're intoxicated at conferences and they're explaining how terrible their life is. I'm here to tell you that if you don't seek the kingdom first, even the blessings of this material world, they won't actually give you any fulfillment. But if you will seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness as God has favour and as God blesses you and as God gives you the, your heart's desires, you get joy and peace because you know that I could worship Him before I had the blessing. Stand with me in the house of God. I'm going to finish with these words, the words from our pastor only a few weeks ago. He said these words. He said, happiness is a second thing. But God is a first thing. When you pursue the second thing without first pursuing the first thing, you will enjoy nothing. Happiness, joy, success, degrees, wives, husbands, money, cars, houses are second things. But God is the first thing here tonight. And if we pursue the second things without first knowing the voice of God, Brother Chris, if we pursue the second thing without first knowing who Jesus is, we will never arise. But if you pursue the first thing, you will arise. You will arise when you're in the mountaintop. You will arise when you're in the valley low. You'll arise when you're on the way up. You'll arise when you're on the way down. Why? Because your circumstance will not dictate. Your circumstance will not control. Your circumstance will not determine your happiness, your peace and your joy. But when we pursue the first thing, still feel the peace of God no matter where I find myself. Young people of Australia, this is the year for you to arise. Not when life is perfect, but when you have faith in Him because your future has already been set aside. He's already prepared it. It's already there. You have no fear for tomorrow. He takes care of the sparrows. How much more you, the sons and daughters of the Most High King. Amen. Let's lift our hands right now. I want you to pray with me wherever you are, in this house, at home, in your youth groups. Would you pray with me right now? I believe that God wants to move. I believe that He knows that young people have anxieties and fears and depression, but He wants you to arise. Let's pray. Would you speak in the Spirit right now? If you have the Holy Ghost, would you speak to the Lord? Let's open up our mouths right now. Let's bring an atmosphere of 
praise here. Let's let, let faith rise up in this place right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you, Lord God. We are so grateful for what we feel in this place, Lord. I pray right now over every single young person that's here in this house or even at home. I pray that you would touch them, Lord God. I pray that you would remind them, Lord Jesus, that you're Alpha and Omega, you're the beginning and you're the end, Lord God, that you see the future of every single young person. You've already set aside and prepared a way for them, Lord God. I pray that you would touch them, Lord Jesus. I pray that you'd encourage them, Lord Father. I pray that they would feel your peace and your joy, even right in the middle of the storm, even right in the middle of the battle. I pray, Lord God, that they would feel your spirit right where they are. They would feel that warmth of your embrace, that peace and that joy that only you can give, Lord God. I, feel, I pray that they would feel it right now. Come on, young people. Lift your hands in this place as a sign of surrender, as a sign of surrender. He will hear your prayers. He will touch your spirit. Then we're going to come down to this altar. Father, I pray that the weapons of the enemy would not prosper, Lord God. Your Word says that they will not prosper, Lord God. I pray that every attempt, every fiery dart of our adversary would not find its target. It would not succeed in ripping lambs from the flock, Lord God. But I pray that you would leave the 99, that you would find the one here tonight, the one that's battling, the one that feels like they're ready to go and leave. I pray that you would touch that soul here in this building, through that screen, do a work and touch that young person. I pray, Lord, that they would return to their first love here tonight, Lord God. That's it. Come on. Let's pray. Father, if you have fear, if you feel anxious thoughts, if you have anxiety, if you have depressive thoughts, I want to tell you that the peace of God, that the joy of God that is available here tonight for you, that it's not the will of God for you to live in your anxiety. It's not the will of God for you to live in your depression. It's not the will of God for you to live in your fear or live in your doubt. It's the will of God for you to say, not my will, but thy will. I believe you at your word. I believe that my tomorrow is already under control here tonight. So right now in the presence of God, if you are a young person that wants to walk in the promise and the favour and the peace and the joy of God, I want to ask that you would take a step out of your seat right now. We're going to find a place here at this altar. You have a choice here tonight. You can be somebody that, that lives in your depression and lives in your anxiety and lives in your fears. Or you can be somebody that allows the peace of God and the joy of the Lord to work and touch you. Come on. Well, I know you got some questions about your tomorrow. I know you've got some fears for your, for your future. I know you're going through storms. I know that there are addictions in the house here tonight. I know that these battles are taking place, but I'm asking you right now to respond to the voice of God and allow yourself to be vulnerable in the presence of Jesus.